There are so many mottos and sayings in sports today. You hear rise and grind, grind don't stop, to be the best you got to beat the best. Those are great, but today we're going to be focusing on one that in my opinion is often overlooked within the Christian athlete setting, being all in. Now, Maybe it's easy for us to be all in for our teams, for our sports that we love, but what about Christ? Are we all in for him? Our guest today is Stuart Hardy, and he has a unique tie to this phrase, and he's, he's kind of used it to not only create a movement, but create something that God has used for a number of years. I'll get to more about him in a moment, but as you listen to his words today, I want, to, I want you to listen out for... A number of things. The first being how the book of Proverbs is such a useful tool for both our walk with Christ and our journey in sports. The second and probably most relevant to you listening out there, in Stuart's opinion, what is the biggest thing and most relevant issue in sports today? So stick around because you are not going to want to miss this one. Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and our special guest today is Stuart Hardy. Stuart is the co-founder and podcast host of All In Sports Outreach. For just a bit of background on All In Sports, Stuart co-founded this to help encourage coaches, athletes, and communities with the hope and power of Jesus Christ, which is you know their motto, their mission on their website. But Stuart, thank you so much for coming on today. It really means a lot. Hey, it's just what an honor. Thanks for reaching out. I'll tell you, um, I'm not often on this end of it. I'm usually asking the questions, which I think is a little more enjoyable at times, but I'm just happy to be here in the hot seat tonight and look forward to our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it too. I think, I think that the knowledge that you have, uh, in your, in your expertise is going to be really beneficial for a lot of listeners out there, but as we do kick into our conversation today, I would love it if you just started us off by giving some background on your faith journey along with your sports journey and just how you ended up where you are today. That's a big question. Uh, my faith journey, um, you know, it's nothing super radical to per se, but, you know, I was just very, very, very fortunate, very blessed to grow up in a, an incredible family, solid mom and dad. Um, we, I was born and raised in Selma, Alabama. Didn't really understand um, the history that goes along with that until I was a young adult, to be honest with you. Um, it's where my mom and dad were born and raised. And so we lived there. Uh, we were very, very active at church. We were there. I tell people all the time, I started going to church nine months before I was born. I mean, we were there all the time. In a small town, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But anyway... Um, I, I say that to kind of set the stage for when I was going into seventh grade, my dad accepted a job in another town. It was about three hours away, and that was the first time he and my mom had ever moved. So it's a pretty traumatic experience for us. Um, but my dad made it a priority that we were going to find a church, and we did. Um, and I was uh, summer going into eighth grade, my brother, older brother, going into 10th grade, and, and we visited this church, and we, we really liked it, and but it, something didn't feel right. Um, 
And what we realized was it wasn't them, it was us. Um, so about a year into that experience, I, I came to this realization that I think I'd been trusting my church attendance and church membership and not trusting Jesus for my salvation, right? And so I was 15, um, and that's when I accepted Christ and realized that it was a personal relationship. It wasn't uh, my, my parents' faith. It, it was not going to church on Sunday, which was very important, but it was it was a relationship. And that started a journey, and, you know, just like everybody else, it's it's up and down, and then Another, I'm just going to kind of give you a couple milestones, if you will, in my faith journey. Then I was, um, my whole life I said I was going to join the military. My dad was a full-time with the Army National Guard and had an uncle that flew fighter pilots. I just was fascinated with the military, didn't really care for school. And my senior year, I kind of changed tunes because everybody else was talking about college. Um, And so I started kind of backtracking. And at that point, we had moved back to Selma, which I truly believe God had us move for three years so our whole family could go get our relationship with him right and then he brought us right back to where we were um same church same little town it's kind of crazy but um i graduated high school um and then on summer vacation that august summer of 1991 we're driving back i told my parents i was going to go see the air force recruiter now really i didn't think i was going to go to college and so i did um and a couple weeks later just to show you how 18-year-olds think, I went over to the, you know, took my physical and did all that. And I called my dad. I said, Dad, I'm, I'm ready to be picked up. He said, how'd it go? I said, I joined. He said, excuse me? I said, I enlisted. He goes, you didn't want to think about it? I said, they gave me 30 minutes. You know, so that's an 18-year-old wisdom works. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it ended up being probably, with, you know, as far as my faith journey, probably one of the best things ever happened because um, at, at 18, I go to basic training. I, my first assignment was out in Idaho, and so you have to. I remember my dad telling me, you know, when you go out there in Idaho to your first duty station, finding a church is the number one thing you need to do. And so that was a priority um, that my dad and my mom instilled in me was uh, surrounding yourself with with fellow believers. And so through my seven-plus years in the Air Force, I met my now wife um, at the time. uh, I was stationed in Washington, D.C. She graduated Baylor, moved to D.C., and so we got married, and um, we've moved um, to Dallas area in March of 2000. Um, so we've been here um, over 22 years. So I guess it's home. Um, we have three kids. Our oldest is uh, finishing his first semester of college at Bellhaven in Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi, playing football. And we have 16-year-old twins that are sophomores. And um, that's that's the faith journey. As far as sports, I'll be honest, I didn't play a lot of sports. I mean, I did as a very young kid. And then um, as we got older... Excuse me. Um, living in a small town, um, and my dad had a somewhat of a flexible schedule as a pilot. Uh, we had a boat. We were always on the river. We had some some land. We loved to hunt, and so I did a lot of that. And so I didn't play sports in school really. I ran track my last two years of high school. But you know, my dad just had this deal with, hey, you know, you can do it, but it's going to take away from time on the river time during hunting season and so I I mean my my memories um are almost every Friday night from the Friday before Thanksgiving till January 31st that's deer season in Alabama we would spend the night out in a little hunting camp um and it was a rickety old thing I mean, sharing a bed with my dad pretty much a 
bunk bed. I'm to twin bed. We're both on the bottom bunk. You know, but those are memories. Um, and so I wouldn't trade that. So I didn't do, play a lot of sports. Always love sports. I see sports as the best teacher um, as someone's faith journey. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later. And just in life, I mean, my kids have played sports. Um, so that's that's kind of how sports and, and faith have played a part in my life. Um, less sports, but but it's the love of sports that's kind of where where I am today and um, with the All-In Sports Outreach, which I know we'll, we'll, we'll get into in just a moment. Hmm. Yeah, and that leads me right into the next point. I see um, on, on the All-In website, it says, it began between a conversation between two friends. I, I just I would love if you just explain that conversation, how did that go, and why you felt God was leading you to start All-In Sports Outreach. It's um, and, and quite honestly, it did start with a conversation, but there's a, a, a backstory to it that <clears throat> to really understand that conversation, I, I need to tell tell a little bit about it. And this is really something I didn't say in the first question, my faith journey, but this is probably the most significant thing in my life that's ever happened that has shaped my faith of who I am today. Um, my dad, I said, was uh, a pilot. He did that and he retired at age 60. Um, he and my mom moved to Belize um, as missionaries. But prior to that, my dad had been going down there a lot on, mi- on mission trips. He would go for a week. And then about a few years into that, he started going twice a year. And then it just it kept growing and growing. And then when he retired, mom and dad moved down there. And before he retired, 2009, um, I, I decided, well, it would be 2008, because I went in January 2009, to go on a, a mission trip for a week with a group of men. Um, at the time, the organization my dad helped start called Fishers of Men, they would host construction and um, medical and dental teams. But it wasn't just to do that. He, he was very passionate that anybody can come for a week and serve. But I'm going to go to the same place at least three to five years because I want relationships with the people that are coming to serve. I want them to build relationships with the local Belizean community that they're serving. Um, Because so many times, and there's nothing wrong, I don't want a listener to think I'm putting this down, but so many times we as Americans, we'll go on a mission trip and we'll go serve for a week and then those people never see anybody again. We go and we do something great and then we're done, right? So my dad's heart was relationships. And so that really stood out to me on that first trip. And, and I'll be honest, I mean, to go serve with your mom and dad for a week in Belize, it was, 2009 was life-changing. Fast forward four years, um, spring of 2013, I think it was, my family went down to Belize for a week on spring break just so they could see what mom and dad had done. I could, you know, and my son, who's now finishing his first semester in college, he's probably third grade. I can't remember the exact age and um he said daddy only going to mission trip next year down here to belize and i thought man how cool would that be for three generations to serve together and i had mentioned to my dad a couple times about maybe doing something sports related some outreach but it wasn't a good idea at the time because it was their focus was medical dental construction well grandsons mentioned it my son mentioned it and all of a sudden it's a brilliant idea so we put together a basketball camp 
Um, some folks I know from Selma, some folks I did not know that we connected with, another family from Iowa, and we planned it for August 2014. And I'm sorry this is, it seems like it's dragging out, but I'm, I'm, I am getting to the point. Um, and Lee, that was all, we were planning the trip for August 2014. Well, March of 2014, my dad has a routine surgery down in Belize. Two weeks, I think, later, we had to fly him back to the United States pretty pretty urgently. Um, the doctors down there said they just couldn't care for him. He needed to get back. And so we take him to UAB in Birmingham, which is, you know, one of the best hospitals around. And I was there when he got got out of the ambulance and um, he said some things that, you know, he he didn't think he'd ever go back to Belize. He didn't think he was doing that well. Well, um, this it was routine. And about two weeks into his recovery, I think it was maybe three weeks of being in Birmingham, I went for a few days. My brother would go for a few days, went back and forth a couple of times. And um, I'd just come back to Texas. And my mom called and said, I don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of people in the room. They told me to leave the room. Long story short, he had a blood clot in his lung and cardiac arrest. And after um, a couple of weeks, um, I think it was probably, I don't, I don't, it's all a blur to be honest with you, but just a, a 10, 14 days of just hoping and praying for a miracle. Um, he passed away and that just really, it shaped me cause he was my best friend, my mentor. I mean, some of we text every day. We didn't make, we didn't talk every day. We'd text and usually it was something silly. It was not always profound, but anyway, um, I was just, unsure of what to do but we decided that we would go to Belize that summer and uh, we did that basketball camp we we had a service and honor my dad down there and it was it was honestly the best week of my life which is a weird thing to say because we were going down there to help my mom pack up because she left like frantically on that air ambulance thinking they would just be back in a month right and so he passed away so she had to go pack up everything and so even given all that God was just so gracious that week, and some of the people that I'd met along the way, some people I had not met before, I got to to talk to and hear them tell stories about my dad and the impact he had. And um, so, again, best week of my life. I left there thinking I'll never go back to Belize. Um, it's just I, at that point, my wife and I had actually talked about do we follow mom and dad's footsteps? But I left that week going. It was the best week of my life. But I'm not going back. And I didn't know what God was going to do. I had no clue. So that's August of 2014. Um, April 29th of 2015, I remember it because it's the one year to the day that my dad passed away. My son, it's just a silly, innocent video on Instagram of him dunking a Nerf hoop in his room. I mean, it sounds it's silly to post it, but it started a conversation on Instagram with a couple guys that had, were in Belize on that mission trip we did a basketball camp and um you know it just kind of threw out there hey why don't we do it in selma it's easy to go to another country for a week and serve what about home um and selma's very divided even today and so why not go there and so um he said are you serious i said yeah i think i am and so he called me his name's Rand smith um I met him through the Belize trip, honestly, because um, I'm a little older than him, so our paths didn't cross. And he called me, and uh, the next day, and we talked. 
and that's honestly how All In Sports Outreach was born. Um, the name, I wish I had something profound to say other than our theme and beliefs was All In from Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I literally uh, Googled the name All In Sports Outreach because we felt like we didn't need to be associated with the church because Selma is such a small town. It's got a lot of churches. So we didn't want anything to be... Uh, territorial or you know we wanted to try to do something that would unite and so I literally because of the theme of all in I just googled all in sports outreach the names available we registered it that's how it happened not <laughs> not anything you know profound so we did that for a couple years um, where we did we would go for a week um, into a couple different neighborhood communities in Selma just to a basketball camp and because um, again I was trying to model what my dad taught me in, in relationships and then um, we've made some changes along the way, which I think we'll talk about here, here in a moment. But that's, that's how it started. It literally was a relationship on a mission trip that God put together. Um, he used a silly thing on social media to start a conversation that here we are seven, seven years later. Wow, that is, that's an incredible journey. But first of all, uh, I'm so sorry for your loss uh, with, with your father. I'm, I'm sure that was... Just to, like you said, it was a kind of a blur, a blur of a time. You know, all these years later, and you're still doing uh, all in sports. What keeps you going? Why, why do you why do you keep doing this after seven plus years of doing it? Relationships, to be honest with you. Um, we did the camps and started the podcast in two thousand. 18 probably with this idea that you know I love Jason Romano and Sports Spectrum um, you know I, I still listen to almost all of his but I just felt that the local coach the local athlete you know I was talking to a friend of mine about you know they don't have a platform like Tony Dungy like Benjamin Watson like Trevor Lawrence, name a professional athlete, right? And so he encouraged me to start a podcast. And so I was just going to interview, you know, some folks I knew and and God had bigger plans and really just through social media exploded it. Um, you being a podcast host have probably experienced that, you know, if God can take something for the good on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram and, and just explode it. And so we started that and then fall of 2019, I I just really felt the tug to take a break from the camps because, quite honestly, we weren't doing a good job relationally. We were doing some stuff here in Dallas, too. We had a weekly Sunday afternoon. We're going to this one neighborhood, and some families that were a part of it moved, and so it's just my family. We couldn't sustain it, and so I just felt – I just approached our leadership and just said, I just don't think we need to continue it. Um because we're, I just don't think we're doing a good job of maintaining relationships, and so anybody can go do a sports camp. So that was hard um, to accept, um, but I just felt like that was the, the right thing. And then fast forward three months later, four months later, and the world was shut down with COVID. We couldn't have done them anyway, right? And so through COVID, God just really opened the doors through Zoom. Um, coaches, um, particular football, but other coaches live on Twitter, um, and what we noticed was during COVID, they were doing 
football clinics eight to ten hours a day. And so me and a buddy were like, hey, what if we just throw out there and let's, let's get some coaches together on Zoom and let's have a, a weekly devotional. So we did that for a year probably. We would have coaches from all the country, college, high school. Um, and so I say that to say that those relationships is what keeps me going because there's a lot of times where I just go, you know, just get in the busyness, I have a full-time job, I've got a family, and go, I just, maybe maybe I need to take a break. And then I'll get a text from a somebody I've met through all in a coach and they'll, you know, hey, thinking about you today or they'll send me a verse or, hey, I love that podcast you just did. When are you going to release another one or whatever? Um, and so it's those relationships. I've met some incredible, incredible people. Um, I tell people some of my best friends I've never met in person, um, you know, because of the journey. And I, I just, I mean, I could, we could talk for hours and hours on that. That's, it's so cool. The people that cross paths, paths with you, uh, even though, you know, you never met them, you never met them in person, but you mentioned, uh, a devotion, like devotional football coach devotional that, you know, you, you came up with, uh, and all in just released this year, uh, a Proverbs devotional. I would love if you just explained how you came up with that and the idea and the story behind that, uh, and just how you think God has used it to, to help coaches and, and athletes all over. Yeah, that's another God, God um, idea and God, God story. I interviewed uh, Johnny Shelton, the chaplain of the Baltimore Ravens, a few years ago on the, on the podcast, and I'm mean, just an incredible guy. Well, he posted, I think it was 2019, I think, October. It would, it would have been uh, September of 2019. He posted something on social media about the Baltimore Ravens, read the book of Proverbs in October, who wants to join? So I just put it out there on Twitter and said, who's in? Well, a couple friends in the coaching world said, hey, let's let's get a group of guys and let's just, we set up a group me. And we read the book of Proverbs that October. And then in November, somebody said, let's read the book of Psalms. Well, then December, let's read the book of Luke. Well, then the group, that was winter of 2019. Well, tomorrow, as we're recording this, tomorrow is December the 1st, 2022. We're going to start the book. Of, we read the book of Proverbs every October, Psalm November, the book of Luke every December, you know, just studying the life of Jesus going to Christmas. And there's probably 200 people in that group now. Um, and so we do a different book every month. I mean, some people, very few people post in the group a daily verse or whatever, but, you know, we share prayer concerns, encourage one another. But um, through that, you know, we, we read Proverbs October and May every year and just this love for Proverbs. And so a friend of mine who is a missionary in Argentina does some uh he works at a seminary but also does some work with football he released a devotional over covid and saw a lot of other people releasing books and during covid and um he reached out and said hey have you ever thought about maybe doing something like that and i said no so we talked through it and just this idea was quickly burnt again a conversation between two people that hey let's just contact some coaches we know and let's get them to sign up to write a devotional from one of the Proverbs, and we'll do 31 days in Proverbs for coaches. And so we did, and it took a lot longer than we planned because, you know, things with COVID started opening up and coaches got busy, and so, you know, they're all volunteers, so, you, you know, you had deadlines, and it just took a, lot, it took a lot longer than we planned, but God's timing's perfect. We're to release it in this January of 2022, and... Um, 
I mean, it is crazy, crazy the number of people that that, that has gotten into their hands. Um, I have still will see it posted on Twitter every now and then um, from coaches that they received it. Um, I've gotten, I guess some guys don't want to go public with it. I've gotten messages from some Power 5 head football coaches um, at some big-name schools that have sent um, DMs where it's on their desk. And so God has got that in um, all over the country in, in the hands of it could be an assistant coach at a 1A school all the way up to Power 5 um, head football coaches multiple SEC, Big 12. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy um, how God has used that. And just a quick testimony on, on, on how God has really, really taken that, that book is there's a guy here in the Dallas area that has a fundraising company where they go into these schools and they help coaches raise money for the athletic programs, this discount card, you know, restaurant discount cards or whatever. <clears throat> well, I get a message from him on Twitter. I never met him. And he said, hey, I bought a number of your books on Amazon. I've been taking them into schools. Do you have some I can buy at a reduced rate? I said, absolutely. Well, he's bought, I don't know how many, a lot. Um, and he takes them into schools. He'll take them, athletic director, assistant athletic director, all the head coaches. He'll walk into a school with a stack of these devotionals and just hand them out. Um, public schools. So, I mean, God is just, I mean, it's it's crazy. And so... Along with that, I will tell you, we're in the very early stages of, of another devotional, kind of the same thing, written for coaches by coaches. This one is going to be uh, 30 verses every coach should know. Um, it's going to be written by coaches. You know, we've picked, you know, there obviously there's more than 30 verses that everybody should know, but we picked, you know, 30. We Some are from Proverbs. Some, I mean, obviously a lot aren't, but just 30 verses we feel like, you know, have, have a lot of – a lot of value in someone's someone's walk, and coaches are writing devotionals for those. So it'll be similar format as a Proverbs devotional. So um, be careful with conversations with friends because you never know what's, where it's going to lead. <laughs> yeah, that's not always a bad thing, though. That's <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, so if you're a coach listening to this, you better go pick that up, and especially the new one that's coming out. But, Stuart, today I, I kind of wanted to pick your brain on some kind of – surface level things that you see within Christian athletics today. First of all, what's the biggest issue that you see coaches and athletes struggle with? And is it different depending on if they have a relationship with Jesus or not? Good question. I think um, one of the things people struggle with is, is identity. Um, and especially as a believer, um, our identity is not in what we do it's not in wins and losses it's not in um, sales numbers I make it's not in the house I live in it's not in the car I drive it's it's in it's in Jesus Christ and I think the world tries to tell us that I'm defined by what I do and I think in, in athletics it's even harder because you're literally on the public platform in front of everybody being judged from the stands, from social media, from the newspaper, from the radio, from the TV, based off of your performance. And I, I mean, 
I was just thinking this week. Um, I'm not a coach. I'm not in athletics. Um, I was just reflecting on just stuff I've been reading on social media, criticizing some coaches, and, and, I, and I just started thinking about what if my life was in the public view? You know, what if my every move was posted on Twitter? You know, what, 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 what would the world see? And, you know, that's even at the high school level. It may, it's not at that same magnitude as an NFL or college coach, but it's, it's a big deal here in Texas in the football world. Um, you know, I don't even like enjoy sitting in the stands half the time because it is. It's a lot of noise, right? And it's, and it's rarely great job, coach. You know, it's always, I would have done this, you should have done that. And so I just feel like that's it causes people to struggle with identity because it's it's win or else, you know. And so you're faced sometimes with the decision, and athletes too, on performance. You're faced with the decision of, I've got to feed my family. Um, I've got to provide for my family. So am I going to win at all costs? Or am I going to stay true to who I am? And, you know, I've seen guys lose jobs, and it's, it, it hurts. Um, and, you know, and I, you know, one of my, you know, when it comes with – so I just think identity is, is, is a big thing that, that coaches and athletes can struggle with because there's so much pressure on performance-based. And I think it bleeds into your walk with Christ. And we start getting into – performance-based living, and that is so, so far off, right? I mean, there's nothing I can do to make God love me more or less. And what an incredible, incredible truth, but a truth that I don't always remember. And I think it can bleed into the athletic world and and be very dangerous. Yeah, yeah, and it's so hard nowadays because like you were just saying you do one bad thing as an athlete or a coach and you're spread all over twitter like you're you're constantly under a microscope and if you're a christian athlete that is magnified by a hundred like you you have a fine fine microscope on you and i I love I i love that you brought up the point with identity because I mean, pretty much everybody that I have on the podcast says they struggle with this. At some point in their life, they struggled with having identity issues as an athlete. Yeah, because, you know, you're judged off of um, how you perform. My son is a, is a defensive back. Well, a defensive back is going to give up a touchdown. It's going to happen, right? Well, if you're not careful, you can see yourself, you can value yourself based off of that performance. You know, and then that bleeds into your spiritual life and I will never measure up type mentality. It's dangerous. How, how do you practic- practically relate God's word to sports with the coaches you talk to? I mean, you, you know, so you, you wrote a book on Proverbs relating it to coaches. You wrote, you write another one on uh, 30 verses that they need to know. How do you relate the Bible to not only coaches, but athletes and the fans that watch it. I mean, the fans that are around you chirping at, at the coaches in the stands. How, how do you do this? I think the number one thing we have to remember is um, 
It's, it's from Proverbs 27. Um, what's in my heart is who I am. Hmm. You know, I think it's 2719. I don't have it right in front of me, but as water reflects the face, so the heart reflects man. So who I am, what's in my heart, it's going to come out. I can, I can mask it a little bit, but it's going to come out. And so that, that's a big one. Um, but obviously we're passionate about um, Colossians 3.17, you know, whatever you do, word or deed. So, you know, I do a lot of um, talking to my own kids or if I'm having a conversation with a coach, I'll ask for or an athlete. Um, you talk about, it says in whatever you do, word or deed. So it's, it's, it's everything that comes out of my mouth, every thought that's in my head. Every action says do it as if you're doing it to the Lord. Well, we always say the Lord requires my best. So every word that comes out of my mouth, every thought that's in my head, every action that I take needs to honor honor Jesus. And that's, it's easy to say, right? But if I sit here tonight, as you and I are talking, I evaluate every thought I had today, every word that came out of my mouth, every action, it's probably not going to be all that honored Christ, right? So I think that's a real practical way is to think about that, is um, it's words, thoughts, and and deeds. You know, a lot of coaches will tell you um, I've come across, get to be friends with, I'll text them a lot of times on game day, you know, just try to encourage them. And and it's usually – um, I'll say, you know, something about the game, and then I, I usually end it with honor him. Because at the end of the day, and you don't have to be a coach or an athlete, anybody in life, if, if I wake up today and my goal, my number one mission is to honor him, everything else is going to be just fine. And so I find myself, when I text that to them, I find myself, I'm really just reminding myself of that. You know, God has put me in a place to have these relationships, to be hopefully an encourager to some athletes and coaches along the way, but it's really just that reminder to me to honor him. And so that that's a big one. Um, but from a, and honestly, one I've shared with a couple teams that have asked me to speak at their chapel or whatever, um, one of my favorite ones to share with teams, if it's at the beginning beginning of a year, is Paul. You know, has a lot of sports analogies, but one, it's really not sports related, but it relates to to coaches and athletes. I think very well. He's writing to the church in Corinth. They're having some issues getting along and wanting to know their role, and he just breaks down the human body. You know, and relates it to the church. To the, to the church. Well, you can take that, and you know, because everybody wants to be a head coach, but everybody's everybody's not the head coach. Everybody wants to be a quarterback, but you got to have a line. You know, a punter's got to have a deep snapper. I mean, there's so many things you can break down, and you know, I'm using football, but if you look at just like the human body, I have two eyes for a reason. You know, and then for my body to fully function it's got to everything that I can't even see behind the scenes inside it's got to be functioning properly and the same thing for a team from the 
head coach down to managers, trainers, whatever. Everybody has to know their role and do their role to, to really experience that success. And I think that's something that Scripture teaches in other places, too, that we can apply to sports. But I, I, just, I just think there's so much, if you really look at God's Word, there's so much that you can draw um, and apply to, to the sports world. Do you, do you look to Paul as a, maybe a guide or a, you know, kind of a instruction manual? Because he's obviously, he has sports reference within the Bible. You know, he put, talks about putting on the full armor of God. He talks about running the race. He talks about wrestling. He talks about different sports. Do you find yourself relating to him in a way, trying to spread the gospel through sports? Yeah, and one of the things I love what Paul says is he he even says to compete to win, right? Yeah. You know, because a lot of times in in, in in sports and you throw in faith, people think that oh, if if people find out I'm a Christian, then I gotta be I'm I'm soft. No, no, you still want to win. You know, you still want to hit somebody hard. You still want to make the tackle. I mean, so that's why I love the way Paul, you know, encouraged people in in their walk was it wasn't yes we're supposed to love our neighbors we're supposed to be kind but compete to win train to win um and i think that's 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 a beautiful thing and i think that if we do that um in our walk me personally um if i try to emulate you know paul says imitate him as he's imitating Christ. So if I live that same way, if I tell you, imitate me as I'm imitating Christ, then you take that same approach that Paul had. We could change our culture that, that many of us sit around and complain about because we're really not imitating Christ like Paul did. I mean, Paul, yes, he disrupted culture, but he also he, he knew how to love people where they were, um, and I think I think that's something that I, I tried to emulate Paul in, um, you know, finding the balance. Um, but it's just everybody everybody needs Jesus, and I'm not going to reach everybody the same way. And that goes for teammates. It goes for fellow coaches. It goes for anybody in society that you come across. Um but Stuart, as as we start winding it down today, I wanted to ask you this last question because you know I think it's a good question to wrestle with within our minds. What is God showing you right now? Whether that be through all in sports or just sports in general or just life in general. Wow, um, it's a new stage of life right now with one in college, so I'm learning a lot. Um, but as far as really what God's showing me, I think it's probably, I'm trying to think of the right words, um, that he's faithful through, you know, and just to, just to rest in that and not to get ahead of him. You know, so many times I'll make some plans, some decisions, and then I, you know, I bring God into the fold and. I think he's trying to tell me right now that, um, hey, just trust me. Trust me. 
Um, and so, I mean, it, it goes with, with ministry. I've kind of taken a break from the podcast. And just this last week, I had a conversation with one of my closest friends who I met through All In. I'm, you know, kind of a refocus of the podcast. And um, so making some changes there, this devotion, this new devotional, you know, we've kind of taken, taken off. And so um, just sometimes when I think I have things figured out or... God will just kind of remind me, hey, I'm faithful. Just just trust me. Um, don't don't trust in your own power and your own strength. And I mean, that's even with a, a kid off in college um, and trying to balance that. It's um, that God is faithful and He's good. He's a good God, and um, and not 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 to ever forget that. Amen. I can't. I can't add anything to that. That was that was a great word, and that's something that I that I need to, uh, to remind myself constantly. It's hard. I mean, I I don't have it figured out. Yeah, neither do I. It's a, it's a constant struggle. But Stuart, this was great. I can't I can't thank you enough for coming on today. What you're doing with All In is just so inspiring to me, as it is I know to so many others. So thank you again for taking the time. I appreciate you listening. It's always fun to to share the story. Um, so I, I appreciate the opportunity and, um, you know, I think everybody who's listening, thanks for hanging in there and listening to the long, the long stories. <laughs> yeah, they were great. They were great. But for all the listeners out there, uh, please share this episode, leave a rating and review. Uh, it, it really means a lot to us, but if you don't get anything else from this, just remember this, Jesus loves you and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.